0: everyone and welcome back to the Revolutionize the Stage podcast presented to you by Venue Live. My name is Emily Heidel and we're back with our last like fan chapter guest here today. And she is the epitome of someone who's taken her fandom and turned it into something professional, working directly with artists every day as part of their management. So I am very happy and super pleased to introduce Claudia Villarreal of Kin Entertainment. Hello, Claudia. Hello,
1: Emily. Hello to the podcast. I did not know I was the last of a chapter. You are. Um, Hope it's a good ending to the book.
0: Yes, you are the last of our fans. So basically, um, we've been focusing on fans who have been able to turn their um, their fandom into something in a, of a career. But of course, like you know, as a fan, you're a fan of a group or something like that. And maybe it's not necessarily the, your favorite group that you end up working for, but the fact that you are doing what you're doing um, is amazing. So actually, can you give people an idea of what you're doing? Because um, I think you would do it much better than I would.
1: Oh, well, thank you. Mm-hmm. And now I'm definitely going to have to go listen to the other fans that were on this. I would love to hear how everybody else's story yeah. has been to this point because I don't think any of us will have the same outline ever but um I work as a community and engagement manager at kin entertainment so my job is to build facilitate and market to fans and the fandoms that we're trying to create for our artists and a big part of that is since I was and am a fan I understand the language and I guess more the mentality that it takes to really know how to communicate with a fan base and it's my job to help not only build a fan base for our artists in an organic way where it comes from the artists and that comes from helping like working with them directly and then helping them understand what it means when people kind of start to come into waves and how like you know once you start getting a following what do you do with it how do you make everybody happy which isn't always possible but it's more of um just getting everybody on the same playing field. So everybody has a good time because I always want fans to be having a good time as much Mm -hmm. as I want artists to not feel like they're spreading themselves out too thin.
0: Okay. So that was, you do a lot clearly And, and your fan expertise from, you know, years back is certainly, very valuable now in your job and that's what a lot of fans would love to hear and probably it's like oh wow nice okay someone who actually was like in the fandom and we'll get into the fandom that you were in but I think also people would be very interested to know who are the acts that you work with.
1: Yeah, I work with three acts right now. So I have a girl group called Boys World. Mm -hmm. Um, We put them together at Kin. It was my job to help build their fan base from the bottom up. And now they're headed strong. They've dropped an EP, a couple singles, Um, just kind of crazy. Lots of followers on Instagram and TikTok, which I just it's one of those things that like, I never thought I'd be able to do, but obviously I have a great team and the girls are awesome to work with. Yeah. We have a boy band pretty much, which is actually what brought me over to Kin um, ahead of working with Boys World. And pretty much is just like, the five coolest guys, you know, the most creative guys, you know, they have their foot in everything. They mm. make their own music, do their own graphics. And it's really cool that they can just kind of present stuff to me. And they're like, Hey, this is what we got going on. How can you help us like kind of post this out everywhere and love working with them. And then we also have a younger artist named Dylan Conrique. She's mm. 17 years old. She's an actress. And turns out she has, a voice smooth as butter it's just so good her singles are mainly pop but whenever she covers them as whenever she makes them as covers she just has this really beautiful deep set voice that just is uh we she performed at hotel cafe last night and i'm just like still thinking about it because it's the first time she like performed in front of people again and we were just so proud so it's like little proud mom moment you know
0: let's start and go way back um and figure out where did you start um where did you get, well, I guess really, where did you get your start as a fan? I guess it's not, where'd you get your start in your career? Uh, who were you a fan of and how did that group or act, spark and lead you to where you are now?
1: My goodness, I yeah. mean, I, I was a fan of a lot growing up but One Direction. One One D, the mm-hmm. the boys as as we call them. Mm-hmm. They I don't know what it was that they had, but I was a fan of theirs before their first album even came out, even before What Makes You Beautiful came out in the U.S. So I was on the train early, and I just remember finding them and then literally never looking away. Like the first time I found them, I I saw that they had X Factor performances, and they had BTS videos, and they had everything, and so I just dove into it like head first mm-hmm. and I I don't know I I'm actually unironically wearing a shirt today that I just picked and it says I miss One Direction so much it's literally killing me it's <laughs> Caitlyn Ray merch from on YouTube I didn't know that when I bought it but I do feel as if I overcredit. credit so mm-hmm. yeah I I got my start by making an updates page for them because I saw UK accounts had little update pages and I wanted to I just wanted to be in the know. I was like, what do you guys know that I don't know? I wanna I wanna be in here. And I actually, I guess you could say I interned for an update account before I made my own update account. And then I made my own update account and that grew to 200,000 followers at its prime. And I used that to kind of get into social media and marketing, mm-hmm. but I got my real job working in music. I, I say real as in like, I got my real start working in music by working live shows with VIP nation mm-hmm. and tours that would come uh, like one-offs in Vegas, which is where I grew up. And I got that start by trying to sneak backstage to a One Direction concert. And I met a guy who like had his credential in his back pocket. He kept walking in and out of the venue. And I'm like, I need to talk to you. And I did. And he, for some reason, had full faith in me. His name's Jeff Allen. We still keep in touch to this day, but he started booking me for shows. When I told him I wanted to work shows because I saw his credentials and I was like, I want one. Mm -hmm. He called me two weeks later and I started working gigs and I was 18 at the time and I'm 27 now.
0: Wow, okay, so nearly 10 years, Um, you know, of course, it takes a lot of balls to try to sneak backstage. Of course, uh, you know, okay, 10 years. I mean, One Direction was in their, like, prime or, like, prime of primes, I guess. Um,
1: it was their first know. tour. It was the Up All Night tour.
0: Oh, my gosh. Okay. So the craze was, like, fresh, especially here in the U.S. And what? How does one get that courage to try and sneak backstage at a group, like a huge profile, high-profile groups, you know, concert? How did, how did you even like work yourself up to that?
1: A bunch of unearned confidence.
0: <laughs> hey, unearned? I, mean, I don't think so.
1: I I mean, at the time, again, I, I was 17 the day of the show, but I turned 18 three days later. So wow. for reference there. So even though I say I'm 17, basically 18. Um, but I was, I was first in line for GA. I had sound check. And, um, back then with the one D tours, they had the soundcheck VIP package and then they had the meet and greet VIP package. So I was first in line and I saw this guy coming in and out. I was also with my mom, with a friend I met on Twitter and he just kept passing by. And I was like, something's telling me I need to talk to this guy and I don't know why, but, um, I had my phone plugged in by the door that he kept walking in and out of. So I, I tried to plan this in my head and I even told my mom, mom, I'm going to go talk to the strange man. Do not bother me. Don't come up to me. Just like, give me a second. Like, didn't even know what I was going to say, uh-huh. but I, go up to like grab my phone because I see him like walking from a distance and I'm like okay I'm just gonna situate myself there and he like stopped to like comment I I don't even know like why he stopped to talk to me I think maybe I must have said something and on cue these like as if like the universe was like I got you here three girls walk by head to toe one direction I'm talking like forehead tattoos arm tattoos like obviously all fake but they're all covered and i said they're never going to meet the band like that and he goes exactly like they and we we get into this discourse about crazy fans and he starts telling me about like vip shows that he's worked and he tells me about like these crazy metallica meet and greets that he had mm-hmm. to do one time and i'm just sitting there talking to him about it and then he asks me what are you doing here and i'm like oh i'm here with a friend we just have sound check not meet and greet it's chill cuz i'm not asking for it um, I'm just, you know, sussing out the situation. And after about like 15 minutes, he's like, you know what? You got a good head on your shoulders. Let me see what I can do for you. Oh, okay. 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 <laughs> I go back to my mom and I'm like, okay, he said he's going to do something. I'm like freaking out. People in line are like side-eyeing me. I don't care. And I'm just like, hopefully this works. Down check happens. And I find him afterwards as they started to take the meet and greet people backstage. And I find him and he's like, I couldn't get you a meet and greet pass, but I got you this instead. And he gave me a working credential. And actually I have, have the working credential right here. Wow. Oh, you have them. Oh my gosh. (gasps) I have have all my credentials. Well, not all of them, but I have most of my favorite ones framed in, in this. Yes. Um, But it actually says, it says June 1st, 2012, which wasn't my show. Even I was June 9th. Um, not me just knowing that but you know wow so um, he
0: gave you like an old work pre- credential he just happened to have yeah
1: and he said if you take this you'll be fine so this this man gave me a full-blown like out all-, all access pass without access to the dressing rooms if you know credentials mm-hmm. um but i'm also there 17 dressed for a one direction concert and i'm like no one's gonna believe that i'm supposed to be back there i don't even know what is back there or where i'm going but i look at it and it says working and i'm like I want to work a show. And he says, you want to work a show? And I said, yeah. He goes, okay, give me your number. When do you turn 18? And I said, three days. And two weeks later, he called me to work a gig and it was to do VIP nation work. And then he called me again. And then he called me again. And then he didn't call me and I was working shows and he ran into me backstage and he's like, what are you doing back here? And I'm like, I'm here working with VIP Nation. At that point, I had made my own connections. And then I just kept getting called for shows over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. And again, this was 18. I'm there for two years. I leave to go to college. I come back. I'm 20. And Vegas has changed. Now, you have to be 21 to work with VIP Nation because Vegas offers a lot of open bar backstage experiences with their VIP packages. And they weren't letting that slide for me anymore. Even there was never a situation, never an incident. They were just like getting harder on it. And that's when Jeff, the man that helped me out, says to me, If you want to do this seriously, you should move to LA. And I moved out to L.A. My parents said I couldn't do it unless if I got um, unless if I went back to school. So I enrolled in UCLA extension for music business. And I did that for a year. And that's how I got my William Morris Endeavor internship that later turned into a job. And then I mean, then I could just keep on going. It just wow. balls, it snowballs from there. Like, wow. and I'm sure we'll get into it. But yeah, it was just I, I wanted to talk to this guy to help mm-hmm. me get backstage. And now wow. 10 years
0: later, well, that's OK. Literally, like, there's so much to un- unpack in that. And, and I think that, first of all, like, the, you know, even there must have been something within your personality, the way you were holding and carrying yourself in that 15 minute conversation with him, that he literally was like trusting you. And by the way, Jeff Allen, is he like, what is his, uh, what was his capacity like at the time with or, uh, One Direction?
1: Well, not nothing. He just okay. worked for VIP nation. Ah, so it was, it was the VIP facilitators of the show, which is why anytime that there was another show, he could call me because I he was see. just Vegas VIP nation. Mm-hmm. So it didn't even have anything to do with one direction and yet like fulfilled everything I needed. And I, I owe it to him constantly. He has been my work reference for so many years. Anytime I go back home to Vegas, we get breakfast together. He asks me how I'm doing just a a guardian angel I would say honestly in all this because he was also like was never creepy never was like out of line just always looked out for me like like a true mentee and I I just I really appreciate Mm -hmm. like that I got really really really
0: lucky that's awesome and and you know, uh, you mentioned, like, kind of the audiences thing. A lot of people have gotten their start through, like, the, the and, and you're waiting in line to see whoever at James Corden or whoever it may be, um, and One Iota or Audiences Unlimited, all those sort of things. Like, that's a good, really good start. Um, but, you know, going back to it, like you said, like, One Direction, that was your old group, if you will, or ACT, um, and of course, over time, uh, you know, you grow out of things, things change. Um, you know, if someone were not not necessarily, would someone were to come to you and say, like, hey, do you want to work? You know, One Direction is getting back together. Let's have them, you know, like, you know, do you want to be spearheading this? Like, is that something you would still be as, like, heck yeah, like, I'm, I'm ready to go type thing? Or um, has that sort of, and I feel like this is natural with a lot of just people who end up working with, you know, or in the industry, it, it, not that you get too big for it, but it loses its allure, if you will. Like, it's not as like, if you told your 17 year old self that, yeah, of course, that could be crazy. But like, now, like, what is your perspective on doing that kind of stuff now?
1: It's funny, you even put it like that about how it could sometimes lose its allure. I don't think it's lost. It's allure. I just, I think I've realized the value I've gained in being a fan Mm -hmm. and working for them would pull back the last of the curtain that I have to see behind on the whole music industry. Like, Becoming a fan in the end, like working in the industry means that everything that I used to make believe about scenarios, about things I thought I knew about, about any surface level interactions is not at all what I have experienced. Not that it's a bad thing. Mm -hmm. It's just real. And, um, and when it comes to with one when it comes to one direction, something I actually realized during the pandemic was I was never meant to work for them. I was always meant to just be a fan because that's what I can still use and hold on to as like like what, what I can reflect back on to bring forward to the table. Mm-hmm. And if they were to come back and if they were to say, Claudia, we want you to come work with us, I would, I don't think I would because I want to be a fan again. Like I miss being a fan. I, I miss, I miss the community I had around it. And like, now that they would come back, my boss is Sonny Takar. He used to be the president of psycho records. Like that was one direction's Mm -hmm. record label. Like this is the man that like not only helped put them together with Simon Cowell's business partner for a few years, isn't anymore. just to make that clear. But, um, but he was the guy. And Mm -hmm. now that I work with him, I, I know that when one direction comes back, I'll be set. Like, I'll be able to go to my shows. I'll be able to like do whatever it is that I want to do. And I and I don't mean to be braggadocious about it, but I did I did kind of manifest that for myself because now when they do come back, like I'll be Claudia the industry professional who's a fan, yeah. and not just Claudia the fan. And I just dream about I just dream about being able to enjoy it. And I think if I work on it, I won't be able to because I'll be too close to the fire. Mm. So now I just want to make a name for myself in the industry. And like, you know, if One Direction hears about me, then by all means, hi, hello, how are you doing? (sighs) But that is the one thing that I still get to be a fan of that I don't want to let go Mm. in a way. Like it's, it's made me who I am today. If it goes behind the curtain and I see all the nitty gritty and I have to start texting them to post on Instagram, it's not going to be the same. And, and I don't ever not want it to be that way in, in a way.
0: It's very mature, yeah. of course, like over the years, it's something to to learn, but a very mature way to think about it. And maybe hopefully for someone who's listening to this that wants to work with Ariana Grande one day, maybe like one day, maybe you actually don't want to work with her. You want to keep that Arianator sort of side to yourself sacred. Um, but you mentioned how you're an industry professional as a fan. Um, and of course, that is very important to the work you're doing right now, um, of course, with Boys World, um, pretty much and things like that. Um, now, have you found that, uh, I guess, the application that you use for being a One Direction fan, is it the same sort of uh, – the fans have different DNAs, of course, like the fandoms. Yeah. Yeah. Um, how have you been able to, like, transition your knowledge of, like, just how, you know, what Directioners kind of operated um, to what you're doing now, especially because, like, you know, One Direction was, you know, and it's prime you know, 8 to 10 years ago, whereas – you know, Boys mm-hmm. World, pretty much they're in the TikTok era, era and things like that, and Gen Z, if you will. So how have you been able to apply what you've learned back then um, with running your accounts and kind of now? What's stayed true, yeah. even despite the platform changes?
1: What has stayed true is how, what has stayed true is that fans want as much as they can get. Like we use the term, like they, they want to stay fed. So it's like, it's like fans always want content fans Mm. always want music fans always just want something from artists and that's I think where it can get really difficult for an artist to feel like they can always be like accessible to their fan base um that being a fan I it's like it's so much of a feeling it's so much of like a passion and it it doesn't it Fandom like goes beyond just one direction. It's obviously in sports, it's in video games, it's in music. And all in all, it's just the way that it makes people feel. Mm -hmm. So, what I try to make sure of is that are the fans happy? Are the fans happy with the content we're putting out, happy with the TikToks that they're seeing, happy with the music that they're releasing, and happy in their community? Because, on top of that, like some fandoms can be a little toxic. I'm not going to say any in particular, but it's true. Mm -hmm. And sometimes, like, it's because they make a world for themselves. And so to kind of be able to contain that and also to be able to understand it, like we talked like about fan literacy, just like being able to understand like what certain Twitter posts means, what certain in- like TikTok memes are, like how mm-hmm. Instagram fan pages work. Like I don't think it's any different than it was a few years ago on the grand scheme of things, fans just want to be able to make fan stuff. Fans want to be able to meet their friends and fans want to feel like they have a place that they can escape to where everybody else is e- like, loves the same things that they do. Mm. So even though like platforms and areas have changed, fans are always just going to be a community of people. Even before social media, I almost said, and after as if there might be an after to social
0: media. <laughs> right. <laughs> no. right. Um, I'm thinking about, you know, of course, you were in the fandom of One Direction and, you know, creating group chats and that kind of thing. Um, or in group chats, interact with the fans. Um, we have a mutual friend through Olivia Rudinsky, of course, working for Miley Cyrus. And uh, you can just see her Twitter. She will straight up ask, like, what's going on with this? And, like, she's very, like, and people obviously Smilers like, no, she works for her. So it's like she is still interacting with the fans. Are you connected in fan group chats? Are you, you know, that kind of outwardly so um I guess, uh, you know, working for them or, you know, I know I know some, I guess you can't really say this either, but I know some managers will go into group chats and like kind of just, just, you know, of course lurk in disguise. But like, what is your tactic or, you know, what have you seen, I guess?
1: But before I answer that, I do want to say mm-hmm. Olivia Rudensky is a great example of a fan that did end up working for their artist yeah. that is killing it and mm-hmm. loves it and like was able to really use her fan knowledge to her advantage. Um, and I think that's because Miley has remained relevant for years. Whereas like One Direction having their hiatus and coming back, I think it would just be a different approach for me to work on them. So just mm-hmm. in case there's anybody out there who's like, oh, maybe I shouldn't work for my favorite artist. You never know. I, I think it's just like, you know, at, at, 10 years ago, if you would ask me to work for One Direction over my dead body, would I have said no? <laughs> so yeah. But yeah. Um, when it comes to being in these fan groups uh yeah i have i have a little i have a little secret Instagram I have a little secret twitter mm-hmm. um I've been in some discords, mm-hmm. I see reddit posts like on i on top of it being a one direction fan I've just also been on the internet for ages, and so I, I know how to Google. I know how to search. I know like where to find certain rooms. Like during the pandemic, I became a huge fan of Brockhampton. And within like two weeks, I was able to find their technical difficulties podcast. I mean, not podcast live streams that they were doing were only 500 people like at the time that found the links that they were on were like in these like random video live streams. I think it was like on private Twitch rooms and you had to be able to like get the link. And just because I felt like it, I was like, I'm going to, seeing fans on discord and on reddit talk about this place that the guys are hosting live streams with nobody's sharing the link and i just found it i was like beep beep boop beep beep boop beep, 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 beep and literally there was like four to five hundred people max Whoa. on this live stream and and it happened pretty regularly and and it was crazy because i was like oh how did i end up here it'd be at like one o'clock in the morning i'm just up and like on my laptop doing whatever. This was like May, June of last year for any Brockhampton fans out there. Wow. Um, they, they were playing like unreleased music and it wasn't going anywhere. It was just fan discord. And so um, it's the same thing with uh, Boys World. It's like, we get to see a lot of it because we are at the forefront of it but because we're also at the forefront of it we don't see a lot of what's behind us. Um, and uh, the girls are really interactive with their fan base. So like they'll tell me if they see something like we'll see like posts all the time. And like me just being like these little secret fan pages, I can just kind of see what people are tweeting or posting on Instagram when they're not tagging the girls and when they're just like talking to themselves. I I don't uh, sometimes I'll like jump into their like DMs on Instagram and Twitter, but I don't I'm not in my fan page like involved in like being in Instagram DMs or Twitter, I just think it would be an extra weirder step further mm-hmm. to then pretend to like befriend these fans as a fake fan. Totally. Um, I, I just think that's like a little bit of an invasion of privacy yeah, um, and also catfishing in a way. So, you know, k- keep a safe distance. I can't wait for there to be live shows again um, because with pretty much fans, like whenever they were doing shows, I was out with the crowd. I remember once my boss said, You've been out in the parking lot this whole time. Meanwhile, I have my all access pass. I could be backstage. I could be in the dressing rooms. And I'm like, yeah, but the fans are out here. Like I'm not learning anything being backstage right now. I know the guys. I work with the guys. I don't have to be there. But all the fans are out in the front and I want to see what are they wearing? What are they singing? What what are they chanting? Mm-hmm. Um, what merch do they have on? Like, sometimes they'll recognize me and they'll be like, Claudia, can you send this to the boys or whatever? And I'll grab videos that end up like, you know, being fun little fan moments that we can add into a sizzle reel later. Like, mm-hmm. just, just paying attention to them. I think sometimes the music industry disregards fans due to, you know, the history of fans just being rabid fangirls. Because on top of that, there's also fanboys. There's mm-hmm. also fan people. And there's just there's just a lot of love to share and a yeah. lot of excitement and I think that it's it could be really beneficial for both parties if we can figure out how to work in a beautiful harmony but that all comes with practice
0: right and well you mentioned how you were in the group chats you know you mentioned a <laughs> your little beep poop boop boop thing like that and the, finding the technical difficulties thing all well, and that reminded me of something you told me on the phone the other day how you have a uh, tattoo a Wi Fi Tattoo, a Wi Fi tattoo, a literal Wi Fi single, I mean, a signal signal, um, please explain the ideation behind that. And of course, it somehow relates to what we're talking about today.
1: Yes. Um, this is a tattoo I've wanted since I was like, maybe 1415 years old. Mm -hmm. And I say that because the original idea in my child brain Was that I wanted like back in the day, the YouTube logo was actually a circle. So it was like a little YouTube play button, it was a circle. Mm. And I wanted the little dot at the very beginning of the Wi Fi to be the YouTube play button. And then I wanted the three lines above it to be different shades of blue for Twitter, Tumblr and Facebook. Okay. So that, that is what I had originally wanted. And I want everybody to know that is not what it looks like. It is now just a minimal black lined Wi-Fi symbol. Uh-huh. And it's because I owe everything to the internet. Like I, I owe my, my passion to the internet. I, I owe my, I mean, just social media in general has like completely changed me. I moved around a lot as a kid. I didn't go to the same school for more than two years since I was eight years old. So like every two years was a new environment, new city, new country, new anything. And the one thing I always had with me was my laptop. So like, I always had access to the internet. I was the kind of person that like, I would make friends on internet forums. I would, I was, I think I've been on Reddit for like 11 years now. Like that's a pretty long time. I have had my Twitter since 2009, like that's 12, 13 years. And so like, And that that was all also before One Direction. 2009, One Direction wasn't even formed yet. And like, I I got Twitter because I wanted to connect with YouTubers. And I've been watching YouTube. Oh, my God. I remember when John Green launched VidCon. Like, I was there before VidCon was even a thing. And like, and Tumblr, my Tumblr was way before One Direction. And sometimes I found One Direction on Tumblr. And so I, like, if I go back far enough in my posts, I can actually see what was the first One Direction post I ever reblogged? And I was like, who's the one in the green? Like, <laughs> just, and all of a sudden, you it's so funny looking at my Tumblr archive, you just see it go from like normal high school girl to like One Direction obsessed. And mm-hmm. it, it's just, it's really funny time capsule to kind of like look back on. But I just, I remember there was one time I was, uh, it was National Best Friend Day mm-hmm. and I posted a selfie of me and my laptop on my Instagram.
0: Wow.
1: <laughs> And a YouTuber I really like Um, liked it and commented on it. And I befriended him because he was, he went to a college in Washington and my dad said I could visit one state to go look at colleges. And I was like, I kind of want to meet this YouTuber. And so I messaged him on Tumblr and I was like, Hey, if I come visit Western Washington university, like, could I meet you? And Mm -hmm. he said, yes. And then also gave me a tour of the place. And that's the college I ended up
0: going to. (laughs) Wow. Oh my gosh. So also another note, it's like, as big as someone might be, there's always, you know, they're never they're they're checking their dms as well um so it never hurts to shoot your shot type thing i'm
1: oh like literally like even when it comes to trying to sneak backstage the 1d show comes to going off to the school i mean so many other times i i, I got to go on tour because i billboard had run a an article on a on a on the president of a touring company and I was at the Billboard Touring Conference that week and he was there and I recognized him from the Billboard article. I waited for him for a half hour and he knew I was waiting for him to talk to him. And I just said, I've been working with CID Entertainment for like three years now as an ambassador, which is just somebody that does the same thing as VIP Nation, check-in, VIP services. Mm -hmm. And I was like, but I want to get out on the road. And a year later, CID Entertainment put me out on the road. No one's going to give you what you want if you don't ask for it. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, like beggars can't be choosers. So mm-hmm. like you have to make like your connections, you have to hustle, you have to put yourself out there, you have to be willing to do like whatever it is that they ask. The amount of jobs I have done that did not fall into the role I have today is, I mean, it, years. I the, right. the first seven years of my career was freelance. And right. so I was just literally doing anything. Mm-hmm. And um, I think the internet was a, played a big part in that. And then today, just moving on to like social discord and, and fandom, I, I just know how the internet works mm-hmm. and I'm on TikTok all the time, all the time. I, I have a, a whole side gig just helping artists get comfortable on TikTok.
0: Really? Like,
1: yeah. I, I just, I have other artists I've worked with. Sometimes it's one offs. I have one artist I work with pretty regularly, mm. where Evangelia, where all I do is I help her and I help other people get comfortable with making TikToks and how it works and mm. what the trends mean. And oh my God, the amount of managers that have no idea what TikTok means. I get it. It's, it, 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 the younger generation literally owns it. And so it's like, how how do you connect with them? Well, um, I can tell you how.
0: Hello, everybody. This is Emily. If you've reached this part of the interview, that means you're at the end of part one. So you can check back for part two next week. In the meantime, make sure to keep up with everything Revolutionize the Stage on our Instagram and Twitter at RevTheStagePod. Thank you for listening. See you next week. Bye-bye.